previously on the Nonsense Bazaar. Ascended Master Teachings is an idea that broke off from theosophy, the religion founded in the late 1800s by Helena Petrovna Blavatsky. Or HBB. Annie Besant and Ledbetter, Blavatsky's most famous texts. Yeah. Letting them go out of print. And then gained a life of its own. This is the dark heart of American New Age yeah. thought. The Saint Germain with the Mount Foundation. Shasta stuff. Yes. Holy so shit. okay. Yes. William Dudley Pelly, fascist mystic, occult author, and uh, politician. He's in his bungalow in the Sierra Madres in California, mm -hmm. and he's whisked away to uh, this other realm. We know that the Great White Brotherhood exists. Mm -hmm. Yes, we know that. You know, which is, it's not a race thing. <laughs> <laughs> we assure you, it's definitely not a race thing. But they, they actually have an airborne division. Oh, really? Yeah. The Great White Brotherhood Airborne Division? Yes, and it's called the Ashtar Command. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> we have these crossroads. And you know, either way you choose, your life is going to be different. The universe doesn't exist, but God thinks it does. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Stupidity has a definite evolutionary function. I am all for abolishing stupidity, but before it goes, we should pay tribute to it. Greetings, listener. We come in peace. My name is Willow Truman, and with me... I'm Sequoia Kennedy, and you should speak for yourself with that come in peace nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> how, else, how else can you come? Infuriated. Uh-oh. Wait, how... Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> right, let's just let's move on. Let's, let's yeah, let's What are we talking about there. today? Um, we're going to be taking Ashtar's journey through time. What is that? All right. God damn it. Yeah, I, I need to explain myself. <laughs> Please. Ashtar is a long-haired, long-winded, interdimensional alien here on behalf of humans to help us in our ascension oh god damn it and spiritual evolution he's working with lord sananda aka jesus christ the archangels yeah. and the eagles yes that's right the eagles the philadelphia eagles uh, no, no <laughs> not them and not the band no, I'm talking about the 144,000 unawakened ascended masters walking the earth right now. Could you be one of them, listener? Probably not. It's I'm not. I'm definitely not. 144,000 is a tiny, tiny I'm not number. one of them. I don't want to be one of them. But so keep listening <laughs> because although a lot of this takes place in California, we're not at the Hotel California today. <laughs> yeah. We're at the Hotel Integraton, where you can become immortal and time travel. That's right. <laughs> Take an Ashtar's yeah. journey through time. Yeah, hell yeah. So what is the Ashtar command? I found... I'm just so proud and upset that you made a hotel. You, you, that, was, that was such a smooth Hotel California joke. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. found this TikTok of... Oh, uh, great. We're one of those... Or, we're know, those people now. Okay, so until today, I've been looking into this stuff for a few weeks now, and it only occurred to me this afternoon, like, I should take a look at TikTok to see if there's any Ashtar stuff on there. Yeah. And I found this delightful person, Kelly the Lamb, explaining what is the Ashtar command. We're going to get her, her take on what is Ashtar, and then we're going to time travel all the way back to, like, 
1910s, 1920s and start there. Let's again, see. Yeah. Sometimes a fly circle shit again yeah. and again. Let's see what she's going to say. What is the Ashtar Command? Most people think they're extraterrestrials, but they're so much more than that. <laughs> As you know, you're more than just a physical Oh my god. Vessel. You are a multi-dimensional being. You exist uh, above, so below. Oh Ashtar god damn it. Command is actually named after the Ascended Master Ashtar. God not damn it. confused with Ashtar Sharan. He's like space Jesus. Teachings are oh simple, my god. it is everything is valid. Or 0010110. Ashtar's not oh my god. the leader of Ashtar Command. It's not an actual person. It's an energy signature. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So, so like, we've made it. Okay. In yeah. case you had, dear listener, <laughs> beloved listener, we've now made it. Full circle. Into the 21st century. We're on TikTok now. Ascended Masters on TikTok. Ascended Masters on TikTok. That's where we're at. Uh, right. And she's so wrong in so much of what she says. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, is that like in terms of like what the Ashtar legend is? Or just like in general about life? Yeah. All of the above? All of the above. Yeah. I mean, it comes from Ascended Master Ashtar. Like, girl, what you know about Ascended Masters? <laughs> At this point, I, I need a plaque on my wall. Oh, yeah. That says like resident expert in the Ascended Master movement. We're sort of the leading Junior expert. We might be... The leading experts I'm at this jun- point. I, I'm still junior. No, I don't think so, dude. I, I have humility. It's, it's not a place <laughs> I want to be. <laughs> but no, like, okay. So we're going to have to talk about Nazis first. Of course. Well, I mean, that was, you know. Because that's what we do here at the Nonsense Bazaar. <laughs> <laughs> when you're dealing with conspiracy theories, yeah. you're, not, you're never too far away from Nazis. True. So we're going to have to bring up a boy. Not our boy. Not so. our boy. Cut, but, cut um, the mic. Cut the mic. <laughs> <laughs> a name that we've mentioned, and there's oh so many names, and uh, they're hard to keep up with yeah. sometimes, I feel. It all Not keeps... for me, but but maybe for the listeners. So yeah. this is one of the ones that you, do, you don't really have to hold on to with this episode. But we're going to mention him. William Dudley Pele. Son of a bitch. This yes. guy. He figured into... Uh, the, the beginning of the story of the I am activities where they stole their followers from yes, Nazi occultists. Yes. But before that he was a novelist and Hollywood screenwriter. He yes. began publishing uh, mystical writings in the 1920s. Hollywood screenwriter. Yeah. I looked into like some of the movies that uh, he screen wrote for, but they didn't look interesting enough for me Any to. Any connections to. Uh, I wouldn't know. Mel Blanc or. Uh, Maybe you should look at, you should yeah. uh, take a peek. Because I was just like, what if there was a connection between like the the guys who started the studio that created Looney Tunes and Bugs Bunny with William Dudley Pelly? That would be that would be that would be too fucking much. Honestly, his movies looked like really lame. I was not interested in. in, I read the plots on Wikipedia and I was like, all right, that's enough. Yeah, it looks. uh, He did himself a a favor, taking a more interesting path instead of writing those duds. (laughs) Yeah, William Duds Pelly. All right, but according to him, in 1929. He made a prophecy and Wait, hold on though. <laughs> College boy Clarence Butts. <laughs> this is the film Court and Wildcats from 1929. Clarence right. Butts. College boy Clarence Butts has been sent <laughs> west by the doctor to join Mackenzie's circus. There he finds Calamity Jane running roughshod over everyone. So the dude decides to tame her. That's it. That's okay. the plot. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> Clarence Butts is going to tame Calamity Jane. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> All right. Court well, and Wildcats. Yeah, I guess he got sick of screenwriting and he started publishing mystical writings. And I he, can see it. according to himself, correctly prophesized Hitler's rise to power. And he did that with the help of the spirit world. Oh. Yes. And uh, after that, he created the Silver Legion, which was a Jesus-approved Christian militia that the Congressional Committee would later call, quote, the largest, best financed, and best publicized Nazi copycats in the United States. Yep. They later became the Silver Shirts due to their shimmery gray and blue uniforms with giant red L's embroidered over the heart. You know, they're really one for us. Style and fashion. They always are. Yes, their goal was to implement a plan called Christian economics, where property owners would receive shares based on their loyalty to the state. Huh. African Americans. Wait, so w- would the state own the property and they get you, like shares of the? Yeah, based on your loyalty. Isn't that some sort of fucked up communism? Yeah, hmm. and I'm I'm quoting from his stuff right now. Okay. African Americans re-enslaved wow. and Jews excluded from the nation. Jesus Christ. Yes, those are yeah. Fuck this guy. I mean, Reminder we've said to that the a listener, few- I am Jewish. This is true. <laughs> and so <laughs> after doing all of this, he's thrown in jail for sedition because you can't just <laughs> be doing all of this. You can't just say those things, sir. And after he gets out of prison, uh, he was sentenced to 15 years. He only did eight. But when he got out, he promptly published a book called Stargust about his contact with UFOs and extraterrestrials. What was he doing in prison? He was automatic writing with the help of aliens. I mean, best way to pass the time. It's a really good way to pass the time. And he also developed a religious philosophy called Soulcraft. So now in walks our next character that we will briefly mention. His name is George Hunt. Williamson. It's not the only George in the story, but he goes by Rick Williamson. And I'm like, why? Well, there's too many Georges running around. Yeah, that's true. There, there are too many Georges in the UFO used, world. Used to be a super common name. Yeah, but he, he did have other pseudonyms. His like friends called him Rick, but he used pseudonyms like Michael Dobronovic and Brother Philip. Yeah, <laughs> I know. One of these things is not like the others. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he read uh, William Dudley Pele's Stargast, the book that he released when he got out of prison. Yeah, Pele was like really popular. He loved it. Both in like the political world and also in the right. like occult UFO like. So he started working big, big deal. with Pele on his Soulcraft magazine called Valor. So this is a second magazine that he published. Right. This yeah, okay. was like dedicated to all the UFO shit. Wow. This is like a whole different Pelly. This is like, uh, it's this the, the same UFO thing Pelly. again. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're uh, flipping it and reversing it. Yeah. Right. So, so Ricky boy, brother, Philip, George Hunt Williams. I like brother Philip. Yeah. I like brother Philip too. Brother Philip's working with Pele on uh, the Soulcraft magazine. He's also working with big UFO names that we're not going to get into today but george adomsky he helps him stage the uh well quote unquote stage the footprints from his extraterrestrial visitors out in the desert okay and he also he pops up uh, another place later in this episode so just you know put a pin in brother philip now i'm you know i'm much like 
a lot of my friends surprise. Uh, I'm not really a UFO guy. Like I'm not really that. I don't have like an encyclopedic knowledge of like UFO lore and shit. Me either, but I'm tiptoeing into it. You know a bit more than I do, I think. And you like, when you were looking this stuff up, you kept texting me like just with your mind blown by the connections. So if you are a UFO person, I think like, like there's a lot of juicy connections in here that I don't think we have time to get into, but you'll probably catch. Yeah. And I'm including these also for you and for people that have listened to all of our ascended master stuff because yeah. it's, and for future stuff, this is probably going to come up again because it always fucking does. Yeah. It keeps getting more and more like connected and denser and like, it's yeah. all the same stuff, man. So now we're going to move into talking about Ashtar's daddy, George Van Tassel. His friends called him uh, Van, which is a cool name because again, every fucking, every person's called George, George Hunt Williamson is like, no, call me Rick. George Van Tassel is like, no, call me Van. And it makes sense. And to move us into the right headspace, we're going to be listening to a little tune by an artist called Taraka called 00101110, which was mentioned in that, in that TikTok we heard earlier. Yeah. This number is the portal to telepathically communicate with the Ashtar command. And it's the passcode to exit the matrix. And so I think we need this to sort of like wash over us before we really get into the, the Ashtar mythos. Are you sure this is safe to broadcast? Yes. Okay. We're going to have some fun here. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Zero, zero, one, zero, one, one, zero. Is this, uh, do I click the link? In- click the link. Perhaps doing the opposite. I do. I didn't trust psychedelic rock. <laughs> I that song is so hypnotic. I listened yeah. to it like three times earlier. That video today. is super hypnotic too. Yeah, I was like zero zero one zero one one zero. It's like it really gets in there. That fucking, right. that verse is lifted from something. Someone tell me what that is. I know that's that, mm. that melody is stolen from somewhere. Right. I've stolen melodies too. Not judging it happens unless it's intentional. It happens unintentionally a lot. Yeah. And that is like that 60s psych pop uh, kind of chord progression feel. So it might, yeah, it might have been unintentional. 
but it's going to bother me. So right. tell me what that song is. If anyone out there knows that was really weird. Yeah. So I think that really, that set the mood. Yeah. That's for, the mood. Yeah. For George Van Tassel. Okay. Our man Van. So as Nick Redfern puts it in his book, Contactees, which is a good book. I recommend it. Van Tassel's close encounters with long-haired aliens, huge conferences held in the California desert, and definite gift for spreading the words of the Space Brothers ensured him a deserved place within the world of flying saucers. And after all, this is the guy that spawned the, the very character that we're talking about this episode. Ashtar. Ashtar. Yeah, this isn't, George could be his own episode, but this is really Ashtar's episode. Like, we're tracking Ashtar's movement through time. Because the person that made that 001 song, there's a good chance they've never heard of George Van Tassel. There's a very good chance. Yeah? Yes. So, GVT, our man Van was born in Jefferson, Ohio in 1910. He was fascinated with aviation at a young age and graduated Two years early from high school, or he dropped out of high school, or he graduated on time. It, the sources, when it comes to this uh, this area of research, can kind of vary. Well, yeah, I mean, this is some dude in nineteen. I would in trust the early nineteen teens. He graduated early though, because he was like really fucking smart. Or he was really annoying. They just wanted him out of there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he entered aviation after graduating in nineteen twenty-seven. He secured his pilot's license at Cleveland Airport. Then he headed for California at age 20 to work in a garage owned by his Uncle Glenn. Shit, I have an Uncle Glenn. Mm-hmm. That was my text, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, while working for his uncle, he crossed paths with a man named Frank Kritzker, but he wasn't an ordinary man. No? He was a German immigrant. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> And he had retired to the deserts of California. Mm. Awfully suspicious, would you say? I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was out prospecting in the mines near a town called Landers. Don't go in caves, people. Mm. He had hollowed out a home for himself beneath a large rock in the area. This rock was known as Giant Rock. Mm. Living underground is a little weird. Yes. It's an odd choice. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So there were rumors circulating around Landers that Krisker was a Nazi spy. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So the cops paid him a little visit, and that resulted in tear gas canisters being thrown down into his underground Oh, my God. And unfortunately, those canisters had a run-in with Kritzker's dynamite stash. (laughs) And he was blown to smithereens. What? Yeah. (laughs) That's what happened. What the hell? Um... Wait, like, hold on. So the cops think that man living in the, that the German living under a rock in the desert could perhaps be a Nazi spy. Yeah. They go over there. It results. It results in tear gas canisters being sent down there. We don't know what happened. What did they just kick down the door? I don't know. The, the legend says yeah. he was just blown to bits. And then he just has a ton of dynamite right down there. Right. That's like what makes like why? What are you doing down there, sir? Is he smart enough to be a spy? I don't know. Just blowing up rocks? I don't know. I don't f- fucking. I think he was just hanging out in the desert. That is where you would go if you just like, like, yeah, if you just dynamite. like wanted to, I Blow don't know. Shit up. Maybe he wasn't even a spy, but maybe he was right. like a. Why would he, why would a spy be living underground in the desert? I mean, probably not. 
he's a dude that ran away from the Nazis and liked to blow shit up. So he went to the desert. Right. Well, anyway, I like him. Yeah. So did uh, GVT George Ventessel. Well, in 1947, at age 37, Van quit his job as an aircraft engineer at Lockheed. He had also worked for Howard Hughes. He was a very okay. successful. Oh, okay. He was very successful. So he like worked for his uncle's garage, but he was not. He went on to be a very successful person in okay, aviation. Word. And he contacted the Bureau of Land Management about developing an airstrip near Giant Rock. There was an airstrip there, but it kind of hadn't been used in a while. So he wanted to. He kind of wanted to draw some, uh, maybe some tourism over here, some something over here. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he loved this rock. After all, he loved Kritzker. So they were like buddies? I, I kind of get the impression that Van Tassel liked him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the very least. He was, and he liked Giant Rock. As buddies as you could, as you could be with someone <laughs> yes. in the early 20th century who yes. lives under a rock. So he got uh, approval and soon he had a, a brand new abode, which was... Kritzker's blood-soaked underground house. Oh, no. Let's let's move the whole family in. (laughs) And he also opened a dude ranch and a a cafe called the Come On In, where Howard Hughes would come on in (laughs) to dine on Mrs. Van Tassel's delicious pie. After being out in the desert a while, you start seeing some weird stuff. And one night, well, you know, sleeping out in the middle of the desert with his wife, as one does, he was awakened by an odd man who identified himself as Solganda. Solganda. And told George to follow him. Solganda led him to where the spaceship was parked and lifted him up into it through an anti-gravitation beam. It was a very brief visit. He was promptly returned to his bed, but Solganda promised he would be back. Is what did it look like? What's Solganda look like? I don't know those details. Son like a probably Pleiadian okay. Nordic. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. We're dealing with those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in 1952, he released his book, I Rode in a Flying Saucer, where he recounts dozens of transmissions received from space beings. He's written other books too, but if you've read one, you've read them all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. How much can you really say? I Rode in a Flying Saucer. That about says it all, doesn't it? This is the opening passage for I Rode in a Flying Saucer, or not. Man I have created, in the light of my oneness, to build unto me, those who destroy my manifested beings and creations are in darkness. Weird. In the introduction, he says he's not interested in creating any fear or to entertain us. He's just trying to get us to think for ourselves. Okay, really? Yeah, which is like... I don't know. That's fun. They always say that, though. And it's like, it, it's starting to bother me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like every time someone is I, I, it's about thinking for yourself, it's always like preceded. It's a, yeah, by some by dumb stuff. Some dumb shit that they want you to take at face value. Right. Well, OK, so here's the I'm going to read a little bit of the first paragraph because this really demonstrates. George Van Tassel's attitude. I rode in a flying saucer. What person would be stupid enough to make such a statement to the public? I believe I am the first person whose stupidity would expect anyone to believe such a statement. My moronic attempt to convince anyone is only exceeded by the saucer beings themselves. You see, 
I don't claim to have been aboard a flying saucer. The intelligences that operate the saucers claim I was aboard. I am not claiming anything. So there you go. George. That's confusing. It is. And. On purpose. You're laying it on a bit thick, George. I'm just a moron. I'm simple old me. I know what this is due to my, my reputation. I know you'll think me a fool. But I'm not saying I rode in a flying saucer, but them aliens. They yeah. say I rode in a flying saucer. No, seriously, though. He is laying it on thick. It's very thick. Yeah. And here's, like, the messages that he hears. And these are bizarre messages to, to hear oh, if you're hearing voices. Uh, Salutations. I am Holda, senior in command, 11th projection, 7th wave, realms of Shari. I am instructed to inform you that the beings of the fourth sector, Blau, are returning. Your people shall witness more fireballs. Discontinue. Oh, wow. Witness more fireballs. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And he says that after this message, fireballs were witnessed over the northwestern states. Okay, okay. Because I, I was thinking there, it's like <laughs> a lot of this stuff starts taking on a flavor of um, World War II era military. Yeah, very. Yeah. And like, this is like, so this is 1952. So this is like right post, post-war. And also, right? by the way, a ton of other people are coincidentally uh, making contact with aliens, specifically like Venusians and yeah, yeah, and Nordics, Pleiadians, although maybe they weren't called that at the time. Like in 1952, there were so many of these guys, that, yeah. especially in California, that were having these experiences. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, the book is just full of these salutations. I am... Uh, here, let me. <laughs> Rolanda. I am Singba. <laughs> uh, I am Kletark. I am Rui. I am Blora. I am Kliak. I am Tonla. I am Tolta. <laughs> I am Carol. I am Rhea. I am Sean. I don't know if you're making these up or reading them. I'm reading them. All right. Yeah. So he writes his little book. Ashtar is one of them, but he really he doesn't push the whole Ashtar thing. He's just kind of like thrown into this book and then he's not a big player interesting yeah so after this van tassel he establishes uh this brotherhood of the cosmic christ group for weekly meditation and channeling sessions god damn it he also begins hosting the giant rock space convention which would attract large audiences and they featured guest speakers that were big names in the ufo community yeah like George Adomsky, like Truman Bethurum, Orfeo Angelucci, will probably, will return to those for sure someday. Yeah, yeah. But finally, because he had only been receiving telepathic messages, right? Finally, he met a Venusian in person who gave him the plans to build a remarkable machine, a device that would generate electrostatic energy to suspend the laws of gravity, extend human life, and facilitate high-speed time. This is just the Navy UFO pads. Well, it exists. It's it's built. I don't think it does any of those things, but it, it's out there. It's called the Integraton. There is a documentary about it called Calling All Earthlings. The Integraton. Integraton. We don't have time to get into it, but it is a footnote in the in the GVT uh, yeah. file. Yeah. Integraton. Yes. He also began a, quote, metaphysics research organization. 
Okay. He called this the Ministry of Universal Wisdom, but it would it would go through a, a few names. Also, the College of Universal Wisdom. They kind of promoted themselves as a more scientific-based consortium, where they investigated UFO sightings, and they investigated spiritual healing. And Van Tassel was also very interested in reinterpreting the Bible. Yeah. See, he believed that man was created of the Adamic race. And Adam was actually an alien. He was a spaceman. And Eve was the highest form of animal. So Eve was an earthling. She's Oh my. Yeah. Yeah, just say. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> and mating with each other was the original sin. And here's a quote from Van Ow. Tassel. The sin wasn't eating the apple. It was eating the wrong apple. <laughs> Yeah, so Je- I can't even react to that. I know. I hate it so much. Right. So Jesus was an alien. The star of Bethlehem is actually a, a flying saucer. Yeah. Some some of the other ideas that uh, Van Tassel put out there is like Venusians walk among us without being recognized. Some of our top scientists and government officials are aliens, but they don't know it. They are, but they just they don't remember it. I guess they're like sleeper cell aliens. Manchurian candidates. Yeah. There's little men that live below the surface of the moon. <laughs> and there's, space, ah, there's ah. space people maintaining a secret space station orbiting Mars. Yeah. Fun. So that's, that's what we need to know about Ashtar's daddy. <sighs> okay. Right. Misogynist, you say. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll notice I didn't say Ashtar command yet. Right. Which is kind of... That's a thing. That's a thing. thing. That's the thing now. Right. So there's this guy, Robert Short. Reverend Robert Short. Reverend Robert Short. You might recognize him from uh, Louis Thoreau's Weird Weekends. He was in an episode of that about like uh, UFO contactees. He's a UFO channeler. I know of him (laughs) and his Corton. Corton. Oh, he's Corton. He's, yeah. One day in 1953. Reverend Robert Short was commanded by the voice of an entity called John All to go to the big rock in the desert. Mm. Well, Reverend Rob, Reverend Bob. (laughs) I like that. Reverend Bob. Yeah. He was an associate of famed contactee and person that we brought up earlier, George Hunt Williamson, the one who wrote for Pele's Soulcraft UFO Religion magazine and who also helped George Adomsky, famous person in the UFO contactee community that we don't have time to get into, but we will someday. He, George Hunt Williamson is kind of a minor name. He slips under the radar, but he shows up in these weird places. Right. He's, he's a person to... But this, this is also a, a connection. Also, well, I was going to say, this is just a, another, like, George Hunt Williamson is the connection between George Van Tassel and William Pelly. Oh, he, okay. Right? He also connects to Mark Prophet. Right. And because Brother Philip wrote a book called Secret of the Andes, where he writes about how the Great White Brotherhood has their, their home over Lake Titicaca. And that's totally where Mark got that idea yeah, was yeah. from this book. Yeah, yeah. Talking about how, you know, that's that's where the Brotherhood of Light is, is yeah. I love it. So, and, and, and so the, he plays into this whole fucking yeah, story. Yeah, well, it's just like and and the way that the uh the IM activity like really got going was by 
stealing members of the silver shirts. Right. Right. So it's, it's all the same. These people all know each other. It's from amazing. this shit and like the Ashtar stuff is just another flavor of the ascended mountain. It's really fucking so wild, man. Your mind is being blown right now, or you have no idea what we're talking no, I th- about. No, I think I'm doing a, a decent job simplifying it. I'm getting good at this in the eight weeks we've been talking about this dumb bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's if you get it, it's like, whoa. And if you don't, you should go back and listen to our ascended master stuff. It's all magic Nazis. It's all magic. It's all Nazis. it's magic Nazis the all the yeah. way down. It's these guys. So Reverend Bob, he was an associate of George Hunt Williamson, Brother Philip. Yes. And they had been doing shortwave ET communications out of Winslow, Arizona, until the FCC shut them down for, quote, communicating with alien unknown sources against the, U- the U.S. government. Wait, what? Yeah. They got... Okay, I'm just going to let it I lie. don't know. It's I'm going to let it lie. It's the myth. Okay, yeah. It, it could be true, could be myth. Okay. Either way, I love this shit. So Bobby Short, (laughs) he's contacted by that entity that says, go to the big rock in the desert. And he drives from Arizona to California that night with the instruction of the disembodied voice, which is either like the worst or the best GPS ever. It's literally (laughs) going like, turn left. (laughs) It would be awfully convenient, but also because he doesn't know where he's going either. Like the voice is guiding him there, according yeah. to his story. Which he's just I, driving into the desert. He, yeah, he's just trying to find his way to Giant Rock. And he finally arrives late at night, experiencing love at first sight when he sees that giant boulder. And <laughs> in the words of Donkey from Shrek, that's a nice boulder. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, it's seven like stories. It's a fucking, That's a big boulder. It's a fucking nice big boulder. I was going to say like it would be funny if like he was getting contact by aliens, but like they wanted him to go to Ayers Rock in in Australia, you know? Yeah. And he's just like the voice. big boulder in my backyard. That's where I got to go. It's right. the one that's 2 hours away or I don't have to buy a plane ticket. And they're just no. shaking their heads. No, but John All the the disembodied voice, John All by the way. Who, who are you? We don't know you. <laughs> You're just another random fucking just name. another in our... voice in a guy's head. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so he arrives there late at night. He's invited in by Mrs. Van Tassel. I wonder if she gives him any pie. And they spent that historic night receiving messages from the space people. And of course, Robert Short and the Van Tassels became fast friends. He told many stories about his time hanging out with them, like the time he saw George Van Tassel drive his truck up a ramp into a flying saucer. Like they let down like a fucking ramp for him to like drive his flatbed truck up into. Why? (laughs) And then an hour later, they let down the ramp and he drove back down out of it. Was he carrying anything on his truck? (laughs) (laughs) No, all he said was like, well, that was weird. (laughs) So by the mid-50s, Reverend Robert Short, he was using the nom de plume Bill Rose, and he started an organization called the Ashtar Command. After all, George Van Tassel wasn't really using the name, so... Mm. And he, he used it to start monetizing his channeled messages. One of his first messages received was from Ashtar, warning of false prophets and guides, which, uh, yeah... (laughs) Because now that the concept of an Ashtar command was born, it was free to be appropriated for use by fucking anybody. Anyone. Yeah. 
And that sure, yeah, people did run with it. I like that the command was, it was humans at first. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, without any centralized authority and many, many continuity problems <laughs> with the content <laughs> due to the amount of people that just decided, Ashtar's talking to me too. I'm <laughs> ta- oh, yeah. Oh, the Ashtar command. Oh, I totally know them. And a lot of infighting between channelers due to yeah. the same reason. Ashtar kind of fizzled out by the end of the 60s. And as for Reverend Bob, well, he's more than happy to channel Ashtar or his own creation, Corton, for a free will love offering of $20. <laughs> free will yes. love offering. And to hear what he sounds like channeling, someone, some amazing person sampled him channeling Corton into a reggae song called Cortonic Dub. Shit. This is off an album called... Yes. Or at the the artist is Alien Dread. Good. Conquering Dub. Yeah. And Definitely got to make sure to say that because, yeah, fuck yeah. That's going to lead us into Ashtar in the 70s now. We're getting into the groovy era of Ashtar. Of course, this was... This song was in 2004. Yeah. But, but still, it's still, this it's is the right sound. a good place to put it. All right. Because it's, it's our pal Reverend Bob. This is Central <laughs> Control. This is Central Control. This is, of course, Reverend Bob channeling Corton. Information to follow. We are ready to transmit. We are ready to transmit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hmm. We greet you in peace. <laughs> <laughs> this is the relay automatic. for the planet you are the Earth called Jupiter. On behalf of the humble called we are ready to begin. Oh man, that track is sick. Yeah, that voice is sick. That alien has a great voice. Yeah, so that's like that's Reverend Bob channeling Corton turned real cool. (laughs) I really liked that. It's definitely the best way to listen to Reverend Bob. Yeah, that was an absolute delight to stumble upon. So, the little bit of history that I'm about to tell you. A lot of this information comes from a website, apstrange.com. There's this guy, AP Strange. He's done a lot of podcasts. He has a really cool blog. And he wrote some articles, The Curious Case of the Fish Doctor and the Man from Ashtar Galactic Command. And of course, in my research, I found these articles. And they pieced together sort of these, these two times in the 70s that British broadcasts were kind of 
overtaken by an alien entity. And the thing about these two times that is special is that both of them involved a certain fish doctor. Yes. And you're, you might be wondering, what does uh, that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> What's, what is a fish? Is that a veterinarian? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, <coughs> actually, let me... Okay, so this fish doctor, his name's Rex Dutta, but what do we know about him? Elfin name. And again, I'm getting this information from apstrange.com, which is a... I'm so glad that I stumbled across this. Rex Dutta's real name was Reginald Sardir Mohammed Dutta. And he's from India. His father was Indian. His mother was British. He moved to England with his mother in 1926. Uh, he served the, the British intelligence during World War II. He lost part of his leg from a motorcycle accident during a recognizance mission in France. <laughs> he claimed that he had past lives as a soldier, that his wounds, along with his eventual evacuation with many others in Dunkirk, was assigned oh, to him that in this lifetime he was meant to pursue a different path. <laughs> yeah, think? Shit. Damn, dude. Oh, that's crazy. He so was, uh, Rex was, like, Dutta went Dunkirk. through some fucking shit, huh? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Right. So how is he a fish doctor? Yeah, so, so that path that he was going to pursue, I guess he landed on caring for fish. Well. And he opened up his business, uh, Fish Tanks LTD. I, I do like to think as he was being evacuated across the British Channel at Dunkirk, mm -hmm. he was just like, you know, all the German bullets were coming down from the skies. He was looking down. No one cares about the fish. They're getting us out. But what about these fish? Yeah. So we got our fish doctor. And um, why is he in this Ashtar story? Why is he in this Ashtar story? <laughs> well, he received a, a book, Flying Saucers Have Landed, and then he joined the Theosophical Society. In fact, at one point, he would end up in possession of the Mahatma letters. And uh, if you know, you know. Well, my lord, that is a different path. Mm-hmm. And hollow letters are, of course, the uh, original Blavatsky's ascended master before they were masters. They were just the, the cool teachers she knew. Yes. The whole seed of this terrible idea. So our fish doctor, Rex Dutta, he got really into UFOs. In fact, he wrote his own book about UFOs called Flying Saucer Viewpoint. He was contacted by aliens. And he was doing this call-in show on Greater London Radio in 1971. And a strange... Caller rang into this radio show, and uh, they were from outer space. And, of course, the tape of this program is missing. It is. But Rex did provide a transcript in his second book, Flying Saucer Message. So we can recreate it. We can recreate some good bits of it. All right. All right. So you're going to play the role of the assistant producer. I'm going to be the alien. Rex is um, not speaking for whatever reason. I have to specifically be the assistant producer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, okay. I have to be an alien. Yeah, but you want to be an alien. I do. I, well, I am. I want to be. I want to be big producer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 1971. 
So I'm the assistant producer of a radio show. Yes. All right. <laughs> so why are you calling us today on this fine day in 1971? I have not phoned you. I am speaking by thought transference computer. Now, what does that mean? It means, how do you do? <laughs> Very well. How do you do, sir? Yes. Evidence of life in outer space is not visible to Earth eyes, except the chosen few have celestial ability to appertain and to appreciate higher intelligences. Well, why don't you speak to me face to face? I have no face. I am very sorry. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> I love this alien. It's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? I physicality. Is that the end of the call? Oh no! Those, okay, those okay, are okay. just select bits that I really especially gotcha, gotcha. loved. I have no face. I am very sorry. Yes, that's great. So that's a bit of the 1971. British broadcast alien. Yeah, that's a bit of what England looked like in the 1970s. Yes, indeed. That's just what England was. Yeah. <laughs> and the second time would be the 1977 broadcast interruption. And the way that the fish doctor plays into it is that he would go on to research this because he was curious, like, what the fuck was this? And we mm. still don't know. To this day, we, we don't know what this was, but we will certainly theorize it after we learn more about it. Well, the fish doctor also he invented his own weird machines to cure fish. There is a video of him drip feeding amphetamines to a goldfish. Holy shit. I know. It's the fastest fish in the West. <laughs> in November 1977, people watching the national news were uh, introduced to this alien fellow named Brillon. <laughs> and he's a member of the... Ashtar Galactic Command. Well, what do you know? See, has uh, his voice interrupted the news, and it went on for about five minutes. I mean, according to what I read, this would involve overpowering the signal of five transmitters. Is that I don't, what? Is that a lot? Yeah, I mean, the, the transmitter would. I'm no radio expert. Uh, yeah, so it overrode the transmitters for everywhere south of the of the Thames in England. So it, by, by that, they're saying like that the transmitters that would be broadcasting to different like regions. So they're saying that the size of the area would uh -huh. require. And now I don't know if like these transmitters would be like in the same place, if it's like a technical issue or if it's just like, oh, you need like multiple groups taking over the same signal all at once. Or but, like, I don't know. what if it's someone inside the building, like sticking something in the play place where it shouldn't go? I don't know. know. But do you want to pull up the video of the. Yeah, there's a video of this. I thought this was lost. No. Oh. No, the 1971 radio call-in is lost. Yeah. This, we have footage of. Oh, Ooh, baby. No, because I was telling someone about this, and I thought that the footage of the Verlion message was, was gone. No, we yeah. have it. So, and yeah. it's also, like, reposted on a lot of weird places over the internet. Yeah, yeah. All right, <laughs> so, yeah, you're going to listen to, like, the, you know, you're 1977 in we England. We won't listen to the whole thing because yeah. it's horrid, but, like. It's horrid? It's horrid to listen to. Okay. But you can, like, I think the transcript is in the description, so you glaze your eyes over it. Yeah, yeah. If there's any select bits. But it's pretty much the typical stuff. And I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but, of course, George Van Tassel's Ashtar and all of the other people that he was talking to, <laughs> the people, the aliens, 
uh, were warning of, of course, the um, hydrogen bomb. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Their main message was one of anti-war, anti-bombs. And of course, that did get him put on a list by the FBI, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, um, you know, duh. That, yeah, that's what gets you put yeah. on our FBI list. They're worried. They're like, mm, are you a communist spy? Which is funny because he's living in, like, the 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 dwelling of a former man that was um, blown to smithereens by being yeah. accused of being a spy. And now he's being accused of being a spy. That rock's got the spy curse. <laughs> it does. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, so imagine you are an English family. You're in 1977, you're sitting down, you're watching the news like you do because you're a responsible citizen. And then all of a sudden, this shit pops on your television out of nowhere. Settlement based on one man, one vote. But he says... The man, the way it cuts in, you can't see it, listeners, but... Uh, of all captured prisoners of war, that's cool. Oh my god. This is the voice of Grimar, representative of the Ashtar Galactic Command, speaking to you. For many years, you have seen us as knights and scholars. We speak to you now, to service them as we have done to your brothers and sisters all over this, your planet Earth. We come to warn you of the destiny of your race and your world so that you may communicate to your fellow beings the course you must take to avoid the disaster which threatens your world. I'm sorry. And the beings on other worlds around you. Share in the in the. It's so hard to understand for me. This isn't this is an order that you may share in the Great Awakening, as the planet passes into the new age of Aquarius. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so we're still here. Yeah. Okay. So we're still. Right. This is like an LSD trip, you know, where you get drift off into some weird shit and then you get pulled back into where you were. And you're like, oh, I'm still in the same room. It's like, yeah. oh, right, we're still. <laughs> I with Nazi magic. Right. I haven't yeah, even okay. left the couch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like we're still like yeah. talking about great awakenings and the new age of Aquarius. We're still here. Yeah. And now this is getting beamed into people's living rooms in 1977 in England. So, um. That's so weird. Yeah. We, pre- we don't, we don't know like what that was, I can't, but it mentions the Ashtar Galactic Command. And I think that's important enough to bring it up. Dude, it doesn't matter what it says. That's just that scene of 70s sucked. And especially in England. And like you're you're just watching the news and then the screen gets all wiggly and then that voice shows up like you don't have retrospect. That's the yeah. first time any of that shit's happened. Yeah, yeah. That's so crazy. And then that must have been such a mind fuck for these people. Uh, and then you know what happens right at the end of that? It ends right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amazing. Right in time for this World War Two. Bugs Bunny cartoon to start playing. I believe it was the first Bugs Bunny cartoon. I don't know. I think I read that the other night. So it ended with the premiere of Bugs Bunny, and we were making jokes about Bugs Bunny as Being the like avatar. An Elohim. Yeah, the. Uh, I kind of think of these things as the avatar of Bugs it Bunny. It wasn't the first. It wasn't the first. Okay. Surely not. Shit. All right. 
The first Bugs Bunny looked really weird. Mm. And so did Elmer Fudd. Oh, my God. He looked really funny. <laughs> Still, though. Still. Bugs Bunny shows up again. Yes, of course. Because he, of course he does. Of course he does. Yeah. So in Rex's um, investigation, really couldn't uncover much other than engineers at the stations were apparently told to say no comment if asked about the event under threat of termination. Because, you know, I, I don't know. I guess that makes sense. But also, like, eh. Eh? Yeah, well, I mean, it was probably like a matter of national security. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was to gauge the public's reaction to such a thing. I, d- I don't know. Yeah, but it'd be bad advertising of it, be like bad optics if they're just like, yeah, someone can just take over our shit. Right. You know, it's like so, the national station. Coincidentally, that same year, this woman, uh, Thelma B. Terrell. The same year? Same year. Okay. She had been channeling entities such as St. Germain. She did have channeling abilities. Really? Yes. Oh, boy. But the, the same year as the broadcast, she was contacted by Ashtar. She started going by the name um, Tuella. And although Tuella, no one knows who the fuck she is. I mean, a few people, maybe. I've never heard of her. Yeah. But um, we might... We might see a revival of some of Tuella's stuff. Sequoia, play uh, clip number two. Clip two, coming at you. This is another girl I found on TikTok. And she has a store where she's selling uh, crystals and hippie stuff. Dude, it's so weird to just like, I got lost in the alien stuff. And then she just get like snapped back with the phrases New Age of Aquarius and like Great Awakening. It's like, whoa. Yeah, we're back. We're back to St. Germain. I know. I hate it. But we are. This is what we're doing. We didn't. Yeah. It always comes, comes back. All right. Here we go. TikTok. Ashtar talk. Ash talk. Yeah. TikTok. I want to know your family's biggest secret because mine is finding out I'm the great granddaughter of Tuella. And for those of you who might not be familiar with who she was... Tuella was a higher dimensional being who walked in the body of a woman named Thelma Terrell, and during her life, she wrote seven books related to the second coming of Earth. And one of her most popular books is this book, Project World Evacuation by the Ashtar Command, which talks about the now trending Galactic Federation <sighs> and the coming of the Aquarius. Oh, right. So she, nev- she never did make a part two, so I guess not enough people liked. But she is like, she's coasting off this. She loves it. And I get it. I, I get what it feels like to have that spiritual awakening. She quit her job because of her spiritual awakening, this girl. And she's like full force going into it. And whatever, power to her, I guess. It's a grift. It's like all a con. I don't think it's she, all a con. She, she doesn't, she's not reaching back far enough to, to see... No. To see that this is only like two links away from Pele and from it. the Silver Shirts and uh, the largest fascist group in the United yeah. States. I can't. Yeah. Um, I can't condone it, man. If you're gonna be, if you're gonna t- tell, if you're gonna teach people like anything, you gotta girl. do like, that. Like She's like trying to live her life without having to work uh, for someone else. I guess. I appreciate but, that, but like. And I would get that it would feel very special to know that you're related to. Um, someone so closely but you know what's funny is that i'm about four links away from my great great grandfather who you know what he did 
he published a bunch of exposés about Christian science. <laughs> <laughs> and about all of this type of bullshit. So, uh, yeah, dude. So that's my bloodline. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm yeah. doing. So, <laughs> you do you, I'll do me. <laughs> Touche. I didn't realize you were taking it there. Yeah, I appreciate it's, it. It's true, though. Appreciate it. <laughs> so... Tuella's book, Project World Evacuation, which, dear God, <laughs> uh, it was widely circulated throughout the 70s before it was first published in 1982. Her publishing company was called Guardian Action Publications because, you know, they're the, the guardians of the universe. But unlike Van Tassel's warnings about testing hydrogen bombs, Tuella claimed that Earth would be destroyed by magnetic disruptions caused by thousands of years of negative energy. The vibes are just so fucking <laughs> bad, man. Like, we need to... Fu- can we get some fucking sage burning in here? Oh, my God. It's... The vibes are s- too bad. The bad vibe apocalypse. Oh, it literally is, though. Bad vibe again. Yeah, so she was kind of... Bad yeah. vibe, Narak. Oh, my God. And uh, okay. I love it. According to her, there's like this complicated hierarchy of extraterrestrials engaging with humans and preparing to remove humans from Earth, but only the ones that listen to Ashtar. Right. And if you're left behind, you're going to be forced to suffer through this destructive phase where like everything, you know, like the everything's burned, after which the planet will be re-engineered and developed so that all of the space fleets will come back and drop off the ones that were saved. And we're going to have a new golden age and we're going to redevelop the planet to be like the utopia for the ones that are like smart and cool enough to know what's happening. That is literally just the rapture and revelations. Yeah. Except aliens. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it it's is. It's the same exact thing. Right. With a little bit of the ascension in there too. For sure. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. why it worked. Yeah. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah. That's why it works. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So she she made these predictions and they they didn't come true. So you have to keep changing the story. You have to keep complicating it to kind of account for these failed prophecies and never give a date. No, really. By the time 1985 rolled around, her version of Ashtar was pretty different from from the one Van Tassel introduced. She wrote this book, Ashtar, a tribute, which... Oh, man. It sounds like a, a bad album. So she did to Ashtar what the ballads did to St. Germain. Well, someone else comes along and fucks it up even further. Okay, okay. Uh, like a decade later. You know what I'm but saying? Yeah, like it's the same, it's the same pattern. the ball rolling. Takes a sure. minor character, makes yeah. it the main character, changes the flavor. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, in Ashtar, a tribute, she describes his physical appearance and also, like, I think that this would be a great dating profile bio. So keep that in mind as I read it. <laughs> I, it would probably work. <laughs> Do you want to read it, actually? Yeah, because, I mean, for being honest here, this could be my dating profile. <laughs> it's not entirely inaccurate. Yes. 6'3". No, it's just... I'm seven feet tall in height, with blue eyes and a nearly white complexion. <laughs> I am fast of movement and considered to be an understanding and compassionate leader. I'm devoted to the principles and teachings of our Radiant One, and I represent the Twelfth Kingdom and the Great Central Sun Hierarchy. 
I have been assigned the name of Ashtar by that universal hierarchy for use in my calling as commander of the intergalactic fleets serving this hemisphere. And I'm single. (laughs) (laughs) So her tone of Ashtar starts to take on a more spiritual spin. There's more like Christian themes of salvation now. He's not here to literally physically direct us like off the planet. Yeah. But he's going to spiritually guide us to the higher dimension. We're going to ascend spiritually. But I guess she got like sick of this literally three years later because she announced that Ashtar's Ashtar is retiring to the great evacuation, but he will still be available <laughs> for channeling as needed. Yeah. In the same year, um, Guided Action Publications, her publishing company, yeah. they release a newsletter called Ashtar's Golden Circle. Uh. And then, not but a few years later, in 1993, Tuella passes away, and she passes on her work to a woman named Debbie Wright, the last paid employee of Guardian Action International. And Debbie Uh. Wright went on to make the amazing Sananda's Eagles website. Right. Debbie Wright. Search of Sananda's Eagles. Yeah. don't know sanandaseagles.com we talk about it yeah in our last episode yes that's what the water that like get, that she says makes you thirstier than normal so you drink enough the to kill yourself grids. Yeah, yeah 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 that's her yes. death water lady yes hell yeah so hey ben deb so been a while <laughs> <laughs> tuella Retires, Ashtar retires, 1988, but it doesn't take very long for Ashtar to come back in the 90s, because of course it doesn't. He's here now. Yeah, he's here. And in fact, um, he shows up in a 1990 Weekly World News ad, if we okay. want to um, open that up. Yeah, yeah, now you guys won't be able to see this, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this advertisement, by the way, and if you don't know, Weekly World News is this schlock paper that you can find kind of like in the side aisles when you're checking out at the grocery store. I don't yeah. know if it's still there, but it's there. I don't think it is, man. Okay. It's, well, it uh, used to be there, and it's full of, like, nonsense. Yeah. It used to be better. They used to, like, it's where you got this stuff. Right. Or this hot chaff that, you know. So this page in the paper, and by the way, this is the December 25th edition. So this is the Christmas Day. (laughs) This page, it looks like an article, but it's actually an advertisement. It kind of looks like an article at first, though. And it, it says, aliens broadcast prophecies for Earth's future. Experts proclaim them more accurate than those of Nostradamus. And they, they bring up, uh, Ashtar and his predictions and uh, how the, the Space Brothers have helped them to write a book. And this book is interestingly called The New World Order, which is a mm. suspicious name for your book. Yeah. But they're, in their New World Order book, they'll tell you a whole bunch of stuff, including uh, the selection of chosen ones. When did this book come out, supposedly? Well, this is Allegedly. 1990. So this is right. This is right, right probably after, after Tuella drops the her thing, and probably right after George H. W. Bush first used the term uh, "New World Order." Mm. Yeah. 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 Right. Because this is like the the end of like the everyone was so high on Reagan throughout the eighties. They were just having great times. Stocks were going up, and everything was great until they didn't. And then Reagan was gone, and then it was the 
former CIA director, George H.W. Bush, who was president for four years and then Bill Clinton and like in that George W. Bush, the Bush family has been the center of conspiracy theories for a long time. So the Clintons and like it was, it was George W. Bush using the term new world order. The former CIA director was president, the new world order that really like he was right there. The, at the start of the nineties, that modern kind of, well, the X-Files style conspiracy theories and flavor kind of yeah. gets started. I, I think that's worth pointing out. Cause it like, there are flavor Definitely. changes throughout, throughout this, uh, throughout the decade. For sure. Know? So the space brothers, they're, Putting out their book, The New World Order, and um, this company, Inner Light, out of New Brunswick, New Jersey, is uh, selling it. I've, you can, I've been course, seeing that publishing company pop up from time to time. I don't know where, but it's it's, it's been around That's in our fun. research. Yeah. So some, some of the information that you'll find in this New World Order book will talk about how the inside of the Earth is being inhabited. Yeah. And the many inhabitants of Earth have arrived from space in another incarnation. Yeah. Space beings will demonstrate their powers on a vast scale. Evil beings have infiltrated the military and the government. God damn it. You know, <laughs> yeah. And teleportation and time travel are soon to be a reality. And if you order a copy of the New World Order, you will get the free gift of the Legions of Light medallion. Oh, which no. includes the symbol of the New World Order, a rainbow with a flying saucer. And when you carry it, the Space Brothers can make contact with you. Dude, this is what... This is what Serge Manast and Project Bluebeam were like the, the crazy conspiracy theorist Christians were looking at to come up with their crazy shit. Yeah, because they, right? this is a, they're they're recruiting people to the new world order. Imagine being a, you know, a follower of that other guy who's just like this Jesus, and like seeing this. Yeah. In the in your supermarket. Well. Al also, by the way, the Legions of Light medallion. It's authorized by the Council of Higher Space Beings. Oh, it's good to know it's authorized. Yeah. So uh, that's Christmas, nineteen ninety. <laughs> <laughs> That's where Ashtar's ending up in 1990. My first Christmas. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, this guy, Joshua David Stone, there's so many fucking three-name people in this. Used to be way more common, I, th I think. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a four-name person. You got four? I got four. Fuck yeah. <laughs> mm. Well, Joshua David Stone, he's an American author, Teacher in the Ascended Master Teachings. Uh -huh. <laughs> a highly influential spiritual teacher in the Ascension Movement. Uh -huh. He also has a PhD, or he had a PhD, in transpersonal psychology, uh -huh. as well as being a licensed marriage, family, and child counselor in California. See, that last one is the one I, I like the least. Yeah. Considering what it was preceded by. I concur. <laughs> Is uh, done for a reason. <laughs> well, he founded an academy for spiritual studies called the Melchizedek Synthesis Light Academy and Ashram, which was later developed into the you'll never guess what um, hmm. the I am University. <laughs> you see where this is going. You know where this is going. I know where this is going. This, you know, it, and this is the Ashtar episode. You know where this is. I know going. where this is. We all know where this is going. Okay. Interesting little tidbit. Transpersonal psychology. I am university. I am you. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 So Joshua David Stone, this uh, Melchizedek Light Academy Ashram, I am university guy. Melchizedek uh, is like one of the 
first like angels in uh, the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He claims that his uh, spiritual lineage was directly linked to who, but Dwaj Kool, <laughs> Kuthumi, mm. Lord Maitreya, ah. Metatron, oh. Lord Buddha, and the Divine Mother. Ah. He passed away in 2005, but he did pass the torch to his assistant, Gloria Excelsius. Wow. What a name. Is That's, that a real name? I don't I know. No, Excelsius. Gloria Excelsius. That's a hell of a fantasy name. Well, Joshua David Stone. Mm. We can credit Joshua David Stone for a lot of innovations in the Ascended Masters teachings. Okay. Because he was a fan of Tuella. So okay. he kind of, he started to incorporate her teachings into his own and sort of incorporate the Ashtar command into the whole Ascended Masters bullshit. And he, he, she, okay. He proclaimed that Ashtar was an Ascended Master and he was the first to refer to the Ashtar command as the airborne division of the Great White Brotherhood. But what's wild is that it came out of the same stuff in the first place. Mm-hmm. I know. He was the first. But the, and Tuella was channeling St. Germain first. Yeah. Then she, inve- I don't know. I don't know what I'm, it's just weird. It's, this is all weird. I know. I, yeah. I guess like people get sick of St. Germain and they're like, I want to talk to aliens yeah. instead. Oh. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Check, check this out. Check this out. So stay with me. I'm, I'm trying to do this as clearly as possible and, and to elucidate and make clear some of these things to you. The Ballards and the I Am Activity steal shit from a bunch of shit from William Dudley Pelly, including like plagiarize him and all the shit. And he stole sh- shit. From and he stole shit place. from them. He, yeah, they all, everyone's stealing shit from everyone else. The Ballards do the old Ascended Master thing. We just covered that. But now this other side of things that was like probably pissed off at the I am side of things at this point, right? Well, some more shit of the same cloth comes out of that. And it develops concurrently for all these years as these two. Intertwining paths. Yeah. As if they're like strands of DNA or something. Yeah. But they come from the same place. They're spiraling around each other. And then all of a sudden this guy, Joshua David Stone, kind of realizes this. Yeah. He puts it back together again. Puts it back together. It's like, oh yeah, this is a unified thing. Okay. A couple of decades later, he's like, oh, oh yeah. So that's the plot line here. Gotcha. Right. So he establishes that the Ashtar Command is now the part of the Great White Brotherhood because fucking of course it is. The airborne division of the Great White Brotherhood. Tuella didn't really string St. Germain or any of the Ascended Master stuff into her Ashtar Project World Evacuation stuff, as far as I know. Yeah, no. But now it's it's been added back in anyway. Yeah, it just got fucking combined and consumed. Well... According to Joshua David Stone, Master Ashtar. (laughs) Another one. one. It's another one. Master Ashtar controls a space fleet of uh, thousands, thousands of spaceships. There's a being named Vrillon functioning as communications director. That's, of course, the famous Vrillon from the 1977 broadcast interruption that we just talked about. He's comms director. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, the saucers in the fleet are manned by both Venusians and, of course, other aliens from around the galaxy. And they're all a part of the Galactic Federation. Hell yeah. So, uh, 
Galactic Federation. Yeah. Well, Master Jesus, Ascended Master Jesus, because <laughs> we know Jesus is an Ascended Master, right. using his galactic name, Sananda. <laughs> Lord Sananda. Just follow yeah. me here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lord Sananda is Jesus. Yep. He works with Commander Ashtar. And he's actually commander-in-chief of his own saucer that he rides with Pallas Athena. Which is the goddess Athena yes. of uh, Greek, Greek myth. And him and Athena are, they're actually the real commanders, Jesus and Athena. They're the real mommy-daddy. And Ashtar is third in command, but I guess Ashtar is like the public face, you know? I don't know. Come on. Also, according to Joshua David Stone, and these are some great addings to the Ascended Master teachings. This is some shit that like, uh, how do you think Guy and Edna would feel about this? Old. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, they wouldn't be able to take it, dude. Um, I don't think. I think they would break them. He added in this little bit about how our sector of the Milky Way is governed by this cosmic being named Melchior who works out of Ursa Major because, of course, you know, uh, each of the seven rays are connected to one of the seven stars in the Big Dipper, and if you don't follow, that's okay, because neither do I. What the fuck? I hate the Big Dipper. Yeah. Like, as a constellation, I think it... Overrated. It's, it's so boring. It's just a big spoon in the sky. It's the it's only one anyone knows. Constellation. It's just a spoon. Right. So also in the 90s, we have this gentleman, Ivo Benda, and his universe people. This is where Ashtar meets the lizard people. Mm-hmm. We're really bringing it into the 21st century now. Fucking whoever would have thought. I mean, this had to have happened at some point. We're here. We're, all, we're, we're getting there. Courage, my friend, courage. In the mid-90s, a man named Ivo Benda, and he's from the Czech Republic. He quit his job to study aliens after Ashtar telepathically communicated with him when he was on the way to work. And he would go on to establish the largest UFO religion in the Czech Republic, the Universe People, also known as the Cosmic People of Light Powers. There are a fleet of spaceships, according to this man, led by the Ashtar Galactic Command, and they're ready to transport believers to another dimension when and if, but mostly when, not if, because it's going to happen, when the lizard people invade. So they're just standing by, ready to get people out. Yeah. So um, he changed his name to Ivo A. Benda, A for Ashtar, Ivo Ashtar Benda. Mm. Yeah. Because Ashtar is inside of Ivo Benda. Right. And of course, after the whole Heaven's Gate shit went down in 1997, his, his stuff got a lot of heat. Yeah, because like Heaven's Gate, you know, famously uh, a lot of them, a lot of them off themselves. Uh, yeah. Really dark. And they had published a video, uh, a video, their big thing called like Last Chance to Evacuate Earth Before It's Recycled. Project World Evacuation. Yeah. How about that. I did. I think it's going to make a comeback. I'm ready for it. We'll be reporting on it. Yeah, we'll be reporting on it. Yeah, because what if we can't we can't stop it? It's going to happen, but we can make you more aware of it. All right. Look. <laughs> so between 1998 and 2000, after receiving all of this press attention, the universe people, Ivo Benda's little Ashtar group. They focused on the idea that a cosmic catastrophe was was coming because it always comes down to this. Yeah. 
It always does. And the people are going to need to evacuate this planet, go to another planet. And then later on, these evacuation efforts were expanded to, you know, we, we have to start building up defensive strategies against these negative ETs, these Saurians, otherwise known as lizard people. How quickly the pacifists turned to warhawks. Yes, we got to start being really paranoid about <laughs> microchips, about nutrition and what we eat. And we have to make these really weird websites. Oh, my God. Universepeople.com. Universe-people.com. Um, have a VPN when you go to it or something. Like, ha- make sure your virus software is on. I don't know. Like, this shit's so weird. Be safe out there, guys. <laughs> but, of course, leading up to the year 2000, this is very ripe. For the People are preparing for something maybe to happen. Yeah, man. The coming millennia. Like, yeah. so- something might. We don't know. That could yeah. be what aliens are going to land. We don't fucking it's know. It's a round-ass number. And he's pushing the idea, like... Uh, don't trust technology. Don't trust mainstream media. Abolish money, which I don't, I don't know. I'm not, what do you, do you have anything else to offer? But also. Yeah, the caste system, you Nazi fucks. The best part I found was, uh, and I had to find this on the Wayback Machine because WikiHow deleted the, the article. I can't <laughs> imagine why. <laughs> It's an article on how to be enlightened by <laughs> the religion, the cosmic people, the powers of light. On WikiHow, how to be enlightened by us. Yes. Fuck yeah. And it's a very enlightening article. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Religion today is not your parents' religion. It is run by fanatics and mad people who use it to manipulate followers for their own means. However, there is hope. The universe people, or cosmic people of light powers, have come to save us by spreading a message of love and salvation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So uh, it encourages people to share the article. It asks people to contact Ashtar or Jesus telepathically if they want. They, sh- they shouldn't have any problem doing that. <laughs> do, do, but but do. the steps are really good. It's all good. <laughs> Step one is to understand that our conception of God, whatever you thought God was. Whatever your conception is. Uh, God is actually a Benevolent extraterrestrial or benevolent extraterrestrials that are here to help us. They're closely watching us and they help the good and they're going to transport us into the other dimension. So that's step one. Just be, be aware of that. Understand that Mm -hmm. God equal alien. (laughs) Number two, realize that your physical bodies are controlled from 95% by negative entities on the planet Earth and elsewhere in the universe. Oh. So you have to release your inner soul to the Great One. Uh, what the f- I see why they removed this article. We're still in the Vampire Death Cult is what we are. Yeah. Yeah. We're just, yeah, again, yeah. The, the snap back into, yeah, no, it's just still the Vampire Death Cult. Right. Yeah. Number three, embrace love in order to purge your body of the negative enter- energy. I like how number two was just... Realize that your body's full of negative shit. You got to release your soul. Realize. Just realize it. Yeah, release your soul to the great one. Yeah. That's out of and a Lovecraft love. novel. And four, now you have to realize that the enemies are out there. <laughs> the shit. lizard people treat most people as empty chess pieces on the chessboard of negative energy. Holy shit. 
The lizard people are extraterrestrial beings of dark forces. They have infiltrated human society in order to spread discontent and hatred. Oppose them by being a messenger of the good. So number four, there's fucking lizard people out there. Enemies are everywhere. Dark forces are everywhere. Number five. Mm. After you've filled your heart with goodness, you may find it's time to begin your meditation. Oh my. Listen to their input and what they want to say. They want to help you. Six, love each other, care for one another. Otherwise, you'll find yourself controlled by the lizard people. Wow. The lizard people seek to control you through evil influence and even chipping you. Oh, Microchipping is- involves using computer chips on your person or inside your body to control. My God. Number seven, understand who the universe people of light are. <laughs> <laughs> If you, if you feel qualms about following the people of light because you are a Christian, you should not. Jesus Christ is a universe person. <laughs> this is why he sought to spread the message of love and forgiveness. Jesus Christ was an alien. Universe person, please. Yeah. Number eight. You got to live purely. Mm. You got you to be pure. Those who choose to live purely will soon transfer onto the new earth and heaven. Yeah. Much like the Christian faith believes about the rapture, soon the universe people will come to rescue the truth. So they just... Gotta be pure. They're saying, yeah, just like the rapture. That's what we're talking about. And then number nine is just, again, with the chipping (laughs) shit. Like, be scared about the lizards putting chips in you. Yeah, it literally says the lizard people are always trying to implant chips into your precious body. Yeah. That's number nine. Join the petition. Right. And then 10 is just, like, tell other people. Wow. And then 11 is... uh, be prepared for, for when we uh, exit. Wow. Oh, oh, they have tips. Oh, good. I'm going to need some. Mm. But man, like the microchip is just like the devil's claws. It's literally just, yeah. you know, it's just fundamentalist um They want to enslave us like wretched puppets. It's like fundamentalist Christianity realized that Jesus wasn't popular anymore. Yeah. And so they just like kept the same bones of the story and just like flipped it a bit. Right. So that's uh that's what Ivo Bendos was spreading. He also they sent instructions to the Slovak Ministry of Defense on how to defend against attacks from lizard people and of, of course like they were freaked out by this. In fact, they evacuated a building when they received this shit cuz they were like, "What the fuck is this?" You're kidding me. I'm not. Hmm. But they're still active. The website's still active like um yeah. They they're still there. Weird. They're, they're an Ashtar fucking thing. This is super strange, dude. So Ashtar's taken on a life of his own. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Ivo Benda and the universe people, they're far, f- that's far from the only group that took on the Ashtar command and the idea of Ashtar and ran with it. Can I say, I don't like Ivo. I don't either. I don't like the universe people. No, they're fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. The, anything that has lizard people, I'm like, um. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Ashtar's really taken on a life of his own. And when I looked him up on TikTok, I found a few different, you know, people channeling messages from Ashtar. And I noticed there's some very different interpretations of Ashtar. Mm-hmm. Now, this one woman, Lauren the Fay, I fucking, oh my God. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't know if you're about to say you love her or you hate her. No, I love her. Okay, okay. I, I love how st- stupidly, <laughs> stupidly absurd her content is and she's she's gonna tell us some messages from uh from ashtar 
This is a message from Commander Ashtar. We are now living two. in two parallel Damn. universes, and the timelines are split. You are either on the timeline of ascension or the timeline of collapse. Prepare yourself accordingly. Damn, she got that vampire grin like I like. Okay, so she has, like, bleach blonde hair. She's, like, sitting with her, her cameras angled, like, above her, and she's recording her message. And I didn't notice the first time I watched this video, but she's sitting in a moving vehicle. Yeah. And there's, like, a dog there that's, like, moving around. It's, it's big. She's big, angled you know, weirdly. And, like, she's delivering this message in a moving vehicle. So let's, it's just very strange. Very glamorous. Yeah. The way she smiled after she said the word collapse. Yeah. Did things she, to me I'm not comfortable with. Right. Yeah. Keep it going. Yeah. Lauren, too. Commander Ashtar has now <laughs> closed the old timeline. We are fully in fifth dimension Earth. Any 3D thoughts or feelings that you're having are not real. That is part of the illusion. It is our job to recognize when we are playing out something that has no longer any hold over us and transcend fully into the now moment, living in our authentic truth. Ashtar has closed the old timeline. <laughs> uh, I wasn't as into that one. Ashtar is close the old time the old timeline. So um are which timeline are we in? Are we in the age of collapse or <laughs> or ascension? I'm a I, what the fuck, girl? Dude, she, she like she's weird. Children are watching this. <laughs> yeah. So that's like that's Lauren's messages from Ashtar, I guess. That like there's these timelines and uh, collapse and you better get with it or get dead, I this guess. This shit is just this is just being pumped into to phones. Yeah. Developing minds. Yeah. Everywhere. Drunk I, people. And then I found this other woman. The metaphysical. What's her name again? Miroslava Merkaba. Yeah, but her username. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Well, it's like the metaphysical chick or something like okay. that. But her, her real name is Miroslava. She talks about a message from Ashtar. But leading up to that, she there's a, f a couple of different parts to it. And this first one, she talks about uh, activating her Merkaba. Oh, yeah. It's the metaphysical chick. Yeah, the metaphysical chick. Okay, good. I didn't want to, like, call her a chick and be wrong because, like, that's, I don't know. <laughs> She's about to meet the Ashtar command. But before that, she activates her Merkaba. So I want to share a story with you. A few days ago, I was doing a meditation. And oh my God. This meditation, out of nowhere, my Merkaba just fully activated. <laughs> it happens when one is ready. So even though, even if you try your hardest to activate the Merkaba, if you're not ready, it's not going to happen. And believe me, I tried. What I realized is that <laughs> because I have been doing a lot of work with my brain, really <laughs> with oh the my heart, God. opening the heart and really being in that space of love and full surrender that's when the miracle was fully activated because i wasn't fighting it or i wasn't searching for something i was fully surrendering to the flow now stay tuned for part two to listen to what i did and where i went and who i saw yeah so she was deeply meditating and she activated her merkaba which by by the way um wait Merkaba. 
my brain. It was just, I love that. Oh, fuck. I love you, Miroslava. Out of nowhere, you know, when two adults love each other very much, <laughs> they're Merkabos. <laughs> they touch Merkabos. Yeah, so she activates her Merkaba, <laughs> and, and then and then what happens for her? And by the way, I, right off the bat, big difference from Lauren. Oh, yeah. Big, big difference tonally. Might just be the different types of music. I mean, no, there no. is a, there's a huge, no, difference. there's a yeah, huge, yeah, yeah. To- even in the message, it's very different. No, Lauren's apocalyptic. Yeah. And Miroslava's like super spiritual. So let's hear what else she has to say when she's on her meditative Merkaba activation journey. I teleported back to this area of the universe, to the space above this earth. And then what I did is I asked the, the Ashtar command if I could join the mothership. And what I was told is that they were there, the spaceship is there, but they, they are uh, holding a different frequency, so they are invisible to the human eye. So what I did in that moment is I manipulated my Merkava to hold the frequency that they hold. And when that happened, I was able to see the spaceship and I went inside the spaceship. So she's going to enter the spaceship to meet the Ashtar command. And we'll get back to like what exactly she's told by Ashtar in a second. But like, like I said, so different from, yeah. from this other woman, Lauren the Fay. Yeah, I've never. Morgana. Morgan LaFay. I've never been, been forced to look at uh, the two different types of chicks who would ruin my life. <laughs> but there they before. are right there. Yeah, if I'm choosing know. between them, I'm, I, I think uh, I'm going to go with Miroslava because I need to be the chaotic one in the relationship. With Lauren, I'd be, I'd be com- competing her for like who's more fucking crazy. And I just, I can't have that. I, I need someone that's going to keep me like a little bit, at least a little more tethered. I'd, so, uh, I'd fuck it up. I'd, I'd make the wrong choice. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> so this phenomena (laughs) this phenomena of talking to to ashtar of talking to these um alien beings this mimetic virus yes well it 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 tells us something about contemporary uh new age spirituality alternative spirituality but in general i think it tells us more about just the human desire the the human um, what would you call it? The the human... There's a story we really like to hear. We really, we're searching for that wisdom that's behind the ordinary. We're not satisfied with just the, the ordinary shit. We know that there's something greater out there. There's some unseen thing. There's some... Something that is bigger than what we can see and understand on the surface. Yeah. And I think that's really like why certain individuals are very attracted to this shit. And I, I think that I, for me, I can see that like having the, the things you're seeking be an external thing. Uh, it will, if the answers to everything are within you um, and if all, if all these planes of existence and all this shit are inside our own minds, well, every time you, you find an explanation for something inside your own mind, it it's another uh you just lost a chance that there's something else out there something that can right that can save you in the end yeah that like to me a lot of the shit comes down to the fear of death like the wanting the external thing needing it to be an external force rather than internal force um 
or not I, even about death, but about life, about like, yeah. what, what do I, what do I do? How with do I the get time? meaning from my life? Yeah. Not just like why even care, but like, what do I do right. now? And yeah. something yeah, yeah. that I found is that a lot of these repeating messages, cause a lot of them just say the same shit over and over again is, uh, these messages are not complicated. No. And they're pretty alike most of the time. And in fact, uh, a lot of them are, pr- they're anti-war, they're pro-love most of the time, unless they skew to the other side, which is very fear-based, which is very apocalyptic, you know? Yeah. kind of have these uh, two opposing sides of, of the same thing. Yeah. Well, um, I think that fear-based one, which I think is the- It's almost you know, the predominant one. I think, it's the I louder so. one, for um, sure. And it is, uh, I, I think, I think there's a, a current of, of good that came out of Blavatsky and William Kwan Judge. I think I that agree. theosophy did some good stuff, but I also think that there's an evil component, a tangible evil that split off early on. And that is kind of what we keep seeing pop back up. Yeah. It's a, and I, and I would call it evil because it wants to take away people's agency and wants right. to I do, take their time and attention. I do think that fundamentally a good portion of the people that do this, that aren't getting any monetary uh, benefit from it, that are just kind of seeking meaning and, and seeking spirituality and kind of want to do life in a different way. They do it because they want to feel like they are uh, kind of aligned with these benevolent <sighs> deities. Yeah. And like, cause they, they care about people. They care about the earth. They care about the environment. They care about what happens to the human race and about like. God damn it. They want to feel okay. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that. They want to feel like some degree of control and some degree of like divinity. Like I'm important. I'm special. Everything is ultimately like going to be okay. Yeah. And I'm doing the best I can to project love and light out into the universe. And I love that. Yeah. I'm and like, like- I'm. I, no fault there. Honestly, like, I don't know if this is like coming across, but like, I'm the same way. Like, I'm not, I'm not an atheist by any stretch of the imagination. I just prefer different stories. Right. Um, I, I like all the stories. My stories are all wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's just that like, I just want fellow travelers to be like, just be careful out there. Cause there not are some, really. there's some bad like, folks into, trying to fuck, um, fuck with you. Where does the, th- where does the thread lead back into? Yeah. Just like check out some of the connections just the so homework. that you're aware. Do not reading, necessarily man. saying that like. The concepts are inherently bad, no. but just be, be aware of the threads, you know, just so that you, you know, just don't, so that, yeah. Don't give away your agency. Don't do that. So Daryl Anka, he's a man that channels this non-physical entity named Bushar. We heard from him a few, a bunch of episodes ago when we first mentioned the Ascended Masters um, in the All Gas No Breaks clip. Yeah. He talks to, to Bashar. Yeah, he does. I will say his tickets are too pricey. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bashar had some something to say about Ashtar, and uh, I think it might connect into some of what we just said about I'm, it. I'm interested to hear this. So let's see. Yeah. This is what another channeled entity Yeah, has this to is say another channeler. A channeled entity. You sent me a couple channelers who have some interesting opinions on all this. So yeah, let's, let's hear from, from Bashar. The idea of Ashtar is a translation in human terms of a high level dimensional consciousness that most humans think is actually a physical race of beings, but it's not. 
That's how it expresses itself through the human domain. That's how humans translate this high-level dimensional consciousness. And sometimes, in human societies, when they pick up on that consciousness, they may also add to it, or color, or tinge it with the idea of human institutions, such as religions, and give it a quasi-religious flavor. That's not what Ashtar itself is, but the Ashtar consciousness understands that that's how humans receive and perceive it to some degree, because of the nature of its vibration. But it the is a high-dimensional vibration of light that extends upward into other dimensions, and only a single aspect of the consciousness known as Ashtar has actually even communicated with humanity at this point in time. There are many other levels of that consciousness that have yet to communicate through to humanity, but humanity is not quite ready yet to absorb that level of energy and make sense out of it. A full dose of some of the Ashtar energy would actually make many people on your planet go insane. And so it allows itself to be translated in a way that makes sense to the institutions on your planet so that you have something to relate to. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes complete sense. <laughs> so a full <laughs> dose of the Ashtar energy, does that make sense? I don't know. He kind yeah. of, he loses me a little bit, but also I fuck, I get the message, okay? A dose of the Ashtar energy to me means you fucking yeah, put a thing out there into the universe and god damn it you don't know what it's going to do but sometimes it <laughs> takes on a fucking life of its own that yeah. just oh my god wait what <laughs> and uh you know perhaps well not perhaps at some point we're going to get into how Ashtar plays into this really weird financial scam <laughs> that takes place like yeah that's coming the full dose of Ashtar is accepting that sometime, like, it, he's a mimetic virus in a way, but also, I don't know. Here's the thing. We're going to hear back from Miroslava about what happens when she goes up into the spaceship and what she says. Because like I said, for some people, when they channel these entities, they're just channeling a message within themselves that they need to be reminded of and there's nothing wrong with that so it goes back and forth and that's the weird thing about this stuff is that it it goes back and forth so i was thinking bashar what's his real name daryl or daryl was, was saying this yeah well, i was thinking of john keel's like ultra terrestrial uh hypothesis well i i it's not john keel's hypothesis but he wrote about it in um the mothman prophecies and the eighth tower in operation trojan horse and it's sort of like the Jacques Vallée non-physical UFO hypothesis that it's, you know, it's this, what we know as UFOs or the paranormal or all this stuff. It's, it's fairies, fae folk, whatever, djinn. Um, it's all, it's all the same thing, uh, which you can refer to as the phenomena. I prefer to refer to it as the spooky because it's yeah. fun, but it's this thing that's outside of that's, uh, 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 you know, in, in a place you can't see. And you know what's funny is that with Lauren, with her messages of you have to choose between the two timelines and how her username is Lauren the Fae, mm. that's very in line with like the idea of the Fae that are like playing little tricks on humans to like lead you down paths that lead nowhere. Like, yeah, also if we stick with the King Arthur shit, it's like Morgan Le Fay, the 
betrayer and shit too. So I'm thinking like, here's Lauren the Fay with her weird messages of choose one timeline or the other. And then Miroslava who identifies as a Pleiadian star seed. Mm. And she's just here to like spread love and light. And she, she doesn't know any of this background probably. She's just spreading love and light. And there, there's kind of a, even without them knowing, just within like how they identify themselves, one is identifying the Fae, one is like, I'm a Pleiadian. Yeah. And like, just by doing that, I see these energy signatures coming out within their content. If I was just forced to choose between the Pleiadian or the Fae, I'd go with the Fae though. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> you just like blonde <laughs> in this instance in this instance yeah oh. yeah well you should see your other videos then so the, it's more severe and that's what oh yeah no i love her she comes across like a fucking android uh, but yeah but the, the, just so like there's this like could be like the ultra terrestrial you know the spooky like that weird shit happens weird right. shit fucking happens but then also at the same time this is what makes it so hard people are assholes Right. Like a lot of people are just fucking assholes and thought forms and mind viruses, mimetic viruses are real things. It's so, so what do we think that Ashtar had to tell his fellow, uh, his fellow alien, the Pleiadian Miss Miroslava who activated her Merkaba do the right thing. I mean, we have the message. Um, That's my guess though. And so once I was inside the spaceship, I saw Ashtar. And what he said is that, you know, it's like, stop seeking answers in us, like everything that I wish to know, like I already knew that I just needed to dive deep within myself. And he also said that we don't need to be looking up to them because they actually look up to us. They need us to be here to be human because they can't do anything. We really are the ones in control on this earth because you have to be human in order to create change from within. So they really are so grateful for the ground crew, for the star seeds that are here on earth and that are really creating change and infusing the planet with love, with light, with truth. So a big thank you from the Ashtar Command and the Galactic Federation, the Galactics. They really love you. So proud of you. So I actually okay, love I'm gonna, that. I'm changing my answer. I'm in love with Miroslavas now. Like she, <laughs> I love that her message from Ashtar. She's like, yeah. yeah, I fucking went up in the spaceship. Like I changed my my frequency so that I could see the invisible spaceship, and I went up there. And you know what they told me? Uh, all you need to do is be human. We can't do anything. Yeah. You just uh, you just do you. Which? Yes. Was Blavatsky's. Fucking Entire original fucking uh, thing. Her uh, whole fucking point. So <laughs> I'm like, is that the real Ashtar? Or is she just like tapping into like the real frequency of like the the heart of what is really the message? I think there's a <laughs> I think there's another lesson here, and that's that cool people can do the same thing that shitty people do, which is co-opt symbols and turn them for their own purpose and propaganda. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Miroslavas. <laughs> and no, really, I love that message from Ashtar, though. Mm-hmm. Ashtar was like, I can't do anything for you. What the fuck? I'm not 3D. You're the one that's on Earth. If you yeah. want to make everything better, you need to do you the work. Do I'm here for you. It's in I'll you. help you. But like, honestly, you need to do it. I, am I will f- support you. I'm but- a fucking fairy tale dog. Yeah. And I'm here for you, but it's in you. That shows that's- me like there's some... 
there's some good quality to her subconscious. If that's like the vision that she had in her meditation was like, it was in you all along. Like, good. Yeah. yeah. Not like prepare for the coming of end time. Yeah. You're special. You got to do this shit or like, you're not special, you know? Right. Dude. Well, you know, that kind of, I think I saw it for the first time in, in weeks, like the possibility of love triumphing over hate. Yeah. Right. Just through force of will. Just by the <laughs> pendulum swinging backwards. Because, like, you know, I have no problem with storybook characters. I have no problem with the fictionalization of concepts too big to understand. Yes, which you know? is what we're seeing. Yeah, and, like, that's what we've always seen. Yeah. It's all stories, but, like, we're all just stories. Everything we are is a story. But it's it's fun to see these diverging paths. Yeah. Of, because, uh, you know, there's the evil galactic federation. And then there's like, there's these other people that are like, yeah, I experience stuff that's not human, but I know deep down that, you know, that will be I'm harnessing right. divine powers to, to do good on earth ultimately. And I'm not too worried about all the, the other, I mean, it's just a new religion. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. But it, I mean, we're kind of tracking almost tracking the beginning yeah. of the, these starseed alien religions well, that, that are coming out so that's the other thing i've been thinking about in like the last couple of weeks is that like i feel like we just we found the story thread and it was like what the hell and then as we got deeper into it we realized like it's just past the point where it could ever be stopped mm-hmm. like there's you know it's it, it has a hold it's growing it's a forest yeah it's a forest it has now. a life of its own yeah which is an interesting place to be. We're witnessing the, the young adulthood of a brand new religion. Yeah. And doesn't that help you sleep at night? <laughs> it's, and it's important to have some like literacy and discrepancy when it comes to the stuff. Cause yeah. some of it, like there's really no harm in it at all. It's just some fun, like mystical texts and you c it's a fun thought experiment. And then other stuff is, uh, it's trying to get is, into your pockets. Or is just flat out physically dangerous. Yeah. You know, like, like that's a three gallons of water a day. In yeah. Order to, um, yeah. Because yeah. you have St. Germain's power of being thirsty. Right. Or whatever the hell. Like some, like do the reading. If you like take what you need from it, throw out the rest and don't let people take your money, time, agency or get you to do dangerous shit. Fuck all that. You don't need it. Indeed. It's better shit out there. Motherfucking Ashtar. So that's where Ashtar is. Yeah. Look up Ashtar on YouTube. Sort by upload date. Look him up on TikTok for fuck's sake. Look up Lauren the Fay. <laughs> and the metaphysical check. Love those girls. This is all too much for me. Yeah. There you have it. There you have it, folks. Story of the Ashtar command. Wow. Yep. I have no idea how to end these episodes anymore. This shit's crazy. It's crazy, man. But I don't, do you have uh, anything else? I don't got nothing else. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys, for listening. Thank, thank you for coming you, along you. on this strange journey with us. If you like what we're doing, follow us. Um, reach out. Uh, let us know what you think. However that is. We love to hear from people. And uh, yeah. Take care. Take care. We love you. Love you. Peace Bye. out.